It is Thursday, the 22nd day of July, 2021, and we've got a horse fucker. Dateline, July 15, 2021, Norfolk, Massachusetts. A 19-year-old man has broken into a horse farm there, lured a horse from a stall, dropped trowel, and fucked a horse. No, that... That's what it says here. Yep, he fucked a horse. He is he's he's been arrested, thankfully. And back to you, Dave. That was really stupid, but I wanted to do it. So yeah, that's a legit story. Um, we have um, nineteen-year-old kid from Alston, of all places, broke into a fucking uh, farm, fucked a horse. Yep. Uh, it is quite the story. It's not the kind of story that you hear often. And it, it, there's two things here. Okay. One, it's hilarious just because, you know, of what happened Two, it's sad as fuck. I feel bad for the horse. I feel bad for the lady that owns the horse. I kind of feel bad for the 19 year old kid because it's like, dude, what's going on? I mean, that that poor man is now saddled, pun intended, with that for the rest of his life. Yikes. Not good. The quotes I've read, though, it's swing back to funny, okay? The lady that owns the place, quote, Have someone break into your barn. Pick out a horse like it's a lady lover. Pull her out and maneuver yourself in such a manner for self-gratification is beyond me, end quote. I mean, that's just fucking funny. It's just funny. So I feel bad for a lot of these people. Doesn't make it any less funny. And I got to do that cheesy fucking news thing. (laughs) Anywho, uh, all that and more on episode number 83. The Wes Welker episode, classic, hall of very good player, a compiler, a stat compiler, benefited from playing with uh, two of the greatest quarterbacks of all time, Tom Brady and Peyton Manning. Um, But like I say, he was a very good player. Hall of Fame player? No. Very good player? Yes. Um, He dropped a ball in Super Bowl 46, so that's going to stick with me. Sure, he had to jump and turn his body to try to catch the ball, but it hit him right on his fucking hands. He didn't catch it. So, if he does, it changes everything, right? Think about it. Catches the ball. Now it's first down at the Giants 20, and there's four minutes to go. So now, Giants are burning timeouts. I don't even know if they had timeouts left. But let's say they burn all the timeouts to stop the clock. Patriots run the ball a few times. Um, You know. They had two good tight ends. They could have thrown the ball out to the tight ends. They had a bunch of good receivers, uh, but it didn't happen. Instead, uh, now Brady is gun-shy about throwing the ball to Welker, and he doesn't for the rest of the game. The play after that, he tried to throw to Deion Branch, who uh, also, number 83, but I chose Welker because I wanted to point out that he's not a Hall of Famer. And um, But on the final drive, he didn't look to, to Welker at all, which honestly is a mistake because, you know, 
he was a good player. He could have thrown the fucking football again. But whatever. Said he throws to a murderer. What can you do? Uh, Welker was good, but that botch play just sticks out way too much to me. And that's why Julian Edelman is better. That's all right here, right now, on Complaints and Observations. Still the most less-than-average podcast on the internet. With a host who's the smartest person in the room when he's the only one there. A continuing odyssey into mediocrity. Guaranteed to make you question your life choices and your own sanity. This is Complaints and Observations. With Dave LaPointe. Who the hell is Dave LaPointe? What's going on? Welcome to the program. Appreciate you. A uh, lot to talk about today. A lot. Uh, none of it any good, as usual, but still a lot to talk about. So, I'm getting started with uh, the the Instagram uh, question from, from last week, uh, which was, what is the best bad movie of all time? I got... I got a bunch of answers, and I'm thrilled that people were actually engaged in this for some reason. At the same time, Barstool fucking ripped off my content, which was kind of annoying. But what can you do? You know, it's Barstool, for fuck's sake. They have much larger footprint than complaints and observations, which is perfectly fine. I really don't give a fuck one way or the other. I'm only talking to this microphone for self-gratification. To make myself laugh, but what can you do? So, <clears throat> I got a variety of answers, okay? I tried to to set, I, I guess, a little bit of criteria for what would make a bad movie. And what I think the best way to do it would be is to take a look at Rotten Tomatoes. Now, it is not scientific by any means, but my thinking is that creating some sort of spread between the critic score and the audience score. And if you have a low critic score and a high audience score, to me, that's an excellent bad movie. Doesn't mean that I would personally enjoy it because there were a couple on this list that I know I have seen, number one, and two, don't like. But, so, <clears throat> I got a weekend at Bernie's, which doesn't have a huge spread, but low critic score. High audience score, good choice. I got um, a bunch of people kept saying, you know, uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger movies, Nicolas Cage movies. And I looked into it and I'm like, okay, the only, there was only a couple of Arnold movies that, that were bombs, you know, that were poorly reviewed by critics and loved by audiences. But they weren't really that bad. Surprisingly, same with Nick Cage. Um, Nick Cage 
a lot of his, especially his early stuff, uh, very well reviewed and people loved it. So it was, it, it was kind of a, it's a fallacy. Um, but <clears throat> there are some really bad Nick Cage movies. I also got two face-offs. Two people said face-off. And I looked in and I'm like, wow, face-off? Like, well-reviewed and well-loved. I was shocked. I couldn't believe it because, quite frankly, I thought that would have been... I thought that would have been the winner, really. But, you know, Cage has had a bunch of good movies and a bunch of bad ones. Like, if somebody had said to me, um, National Treasure 2... That would have been a winner. That would have been a good one. I also got uh, Plan Plan Nine from Outer Space, which is sort of held to that like cheesy standard. Very well reviewed, very well loved. So you know, I, it doesn't really fit. However, there were a ton that do fit. Okay, three ninjas. High Noon at Mega Mountain, starring Hulk Hogan. My buddy Corey, who hosts the uh, There You Go pod, uh, submitted that one. That's a gem. That movie sucked. <laughs> that was suck. Um, some other gems. Uh, Law Abiding Citizen. My pal Donnie from uh, The Quiet Violent, who produced the uh, incredible uh, theme song. Uh, gave me that one. That movie sucks. Terrible movie. Major Pain. Like, Major Pain. If you've seen that movie, you know how fucking awful it is. Uh, shout out to Will for submitting Major Pain. Gross film. Just gross. Another one that uh, I enjoyed, but the spread on that one is terrible. Freddy Gut Fingered. Freddy Got Fingered, the Tom Green vehicle with the legendary Rip Torn. I mean, what a dumbass movie. But it features one of the funniest slash dumb quotes of all time. Daddy, would you like some sausage? Daddy, would you like some sausages? Daddy, would you like some sausage? Sausages! Sausages! The premise to that movie is... Honestly, it that would never get made now. But it's a, just a dumb fucking movie. So uh, that was uh, listener Mike. Thank you, Mike. Appreciate it. Um, <clears throat> another one. My former manager and uh, good pal Tim has a weird thing for the movie MacGruber. Uh, and for years, he has had what he has called a personal money-back guarantee for anyone that pays for the movie and doesn't like it. Seriously, that's not new. And he, he says that with a straight face, and he has said it for years. I haven't seen it. Why? No idea. I found the skit stupid and funny, and I like Will Forte, so I don't know. I'll have to take him up on it. But that has uh, the reverse Rotten Tomato spread. 48% critic score, 35% audience score, which means Tim is in the minority, and he's going to have to take out a second mortgage to fund those guarantees, so... I, it was odd. There were some suggestions, though, that did exceed expectations. 
First, my pal Jeff gave me the 1991 Corey Haim Trash Heap, Prayer of the Roller Boys, which is an even dumber premise than the other great skating gem that I mentioned last week, Airborne. The problem with that one is that there's no critic score on Rotten Tomatoes, so it's tough, and the audience score is like 30-something percent. But the premise is dumb. It's like a futuristic roller skating gang. Uh, they're either selling or taking a some kind of stupid drug called mist. But Jeff loves it. He said it was phenomenal. <clears throat> uh, my buddy Matt. Great band name, by the way. My buddy Matt. Similar to the other great band name, my buddy Isaac. <clears throat> uh, he provided the wonderful... Uh, Sandler Wayans classic Bulletproof that was universally panned by critics. Spread on that 8 to 44. 8% critics, 44% audience. I was shocked because I also like that movie. Um, I asked my wife. My wife didn't have cable growing up, so she wasn't exposed to as many uh, shitty movies as us uh, supposedly privileged suburbanites, but she did mention The Cutting Edge, which really should be considered uh, the worst fucking premise for a movie ever. Yet it got a surprising 57 to 77 spread. I've seen it a few times, and I can't believe that that's the line, because it's terrible. It's a terrible movie. It's a cheesy-ass love story, like... The girl's a pain in the ass. D.B. Sweeney is a terrible actor. And again, the premise is fucking dumb. Um, <clears throat> Runner-up here. Matt also gave me Drop Dead Fred. Which I never liked. But it is rocking a current 11 to 77 spread. Which is absurd. That many people like that movie? It is a terrible, terrible movie. And uh, the guy that played Fred, rest in peace, he is passed. So he gets no mention. <laughs> um, I am picking a winner. The gold medal here, okay? And that suggestion is from associate producer Dave. And his weird female cartoon thing with the Brad Pitt pile of shit. Cool world. This has a 4 to 31 spread that has been... That's, that's uh, it's baffling. It's honestly one of the worst movies I've ever seen. And the fact that uh, so many people seem to like it is gross. I vividly remember going to uh, the movie theater... To see this, and what what year was that? I'm gonna, but um, 1992. So I went to the old movie theater in Taunton. There was a movie theater on like the the weird side of Taunton, the industrial side of Taunton, next to next to an old Caldor, not next to, but like across the street. So that was the the local movie theater for for me growing up was this place and i vividly remember going in 
it, I wish I could fucking remember what the other movie was that was playing. Oh God. But um, there was another movie that we wanted to see, but we couldn't. So we went to see um, we went to see Cool World, but it, it was fucking awful, and we ended up leaving like halfway through. And you're like, ah, what the fuck? PG thirteen, which is why we were able to get in. But goddamn, was that movie bad? So uh, kudos to associate producer Dave for presenting that steaming sack of shit. Now, the entire exercise tells me that people haven't seen enough bad movies. Maybe it's my age, but I was surprised to not see like some uh, Jean-Claude Van Damme films. Maybe the other Chris Farley, David Spade movie, Black Sheep. Perhaps Iron Eagle. One, two, three, or four. Or anything that Shaq was in post Blue Chips. Um, Caddyshack 2 was another one. It doesn't really have a high enough audience score to qualify, as I'm like one of like eight people that actually love that movie. <laughs> Honestly, it, it's that movie is so bad, and I love it. Mainly because, like, the first Caddyshack wasn't on nearly as much when I was in high school. Nearly as much as Caddyshack 2 was. Caddyshack 2 must have had a deal with HBO. Whoever made that movie was like, all right, if, if, you know, show this 80 million times and we'll give you something else for free. I don't know. Who knows? But this is the kind of question that could go, that could play out in perpetuity. I'm using Rotten Tomatoes as a guide in that the, the critic slash public spread is helpful. But, you know, you could have this, these, this argument all day, every day. You really could. And it's fun. Fun game. But um, mull that over. And if you think of one that wasn't mentioned, I would love to hear from you. 617-657-4736. Call in, leave a voicemail, let me know what's that movie that you love, that you know uh, no one else likes. Because it exists. It's a guarantee that there's something out there that, that you... And it's, it, it probably is your formative years, so something from your youth that you know uh, deep down in your heart of hearts is absolute dog shit, but you still love it every single time it comes on. And even if it doesn't come on anymore, who knows? 617-657-4736. Call in. 617-65-RIP-EM. Love to hear from you. Uh, Go buy a t-shirt. Bonfire.com slash store slash complaints. That's the end of the ad. So as I said, uh, a handful of things to talk about. Um, I I did want to talk about um, uh, the movies right off the top. In case anyone was just itching to know the kind of responses uh, that I got to that question. So there's going to be another question next week. Very excited. 
uh, about that question. Hopefully it uh, has a similar uh, response. It'd be nice. But there are way too many people who don't fucking bother uh, to reply. And, and honestly, it hurts. You know, it hurts. If you don't listen to the show, whatever, I get it. There's a bit of a commitment there. You know, you got to take an hour out of your life to support your boy. But, you know, two seconds, like, you, you, know, you know the shit movies that you like. The least you could do is hit that box on the Instagram story and fill something in. The least you could do. Um, <clears throat> this past weekend, good weekend, I must say, from beginning to end. <clears throat> Not bad. Doesn't happen often anymore. When you get old, that shit happens. Uh, but Friday, uh, we ended up going to, uh, to Town Spa. In Stoughton for pizza. My wife, uh, some of our friends, very excited. Uh, I haven't had Town Spot in, in a while, and I was thrilled. Uh, the place is exactly as I remember it, stuck in the 1970s, and the pizza is fucking amazing. The thing that I was very surprised about, and totally, I, I've never had anything else other than pizza. From Town Spa, free ad. Town Spa, Stone Mass. Please check it out. Dynamite honey mustard. I mean, fucking. I wanted to lick the ramekin clean. But then we come to find out they sell the shit by the pint. So, of course, we took a pint home. Awesome chicken fingers. Awesome onion rings. The I mean, whatever old-ass frying oil they're using... It is bomb. It is so fucking good. <clears throat> so, sort of a nice segue because um, next week I should have a guest on the show that I'm uh, I'm pretty I'm pretty excited about. Um, you know, the kind of the, the kind of weird ass thing that. Um, you know, that you can only really come up with in this day and age, okay? There's a uh, an Instagram profile, <clears throat> South Shore Bar Pizza, SS Bar Pizza, one word, South Shore Bar Pizza. I'm going to have the proprietor of that Instagram page on the show, on the show, hopefully next week, and I'm pumped because anytime you can get you know, I don't even know if the guy's fat or not. I'm gonna, <laughs> I shouldn't say that, but, uh, you know, anybody who loves pizza this much, you kind of make that assumption. It could be wrong. His uh, Instagram story game is pretty good. Just got to say, it's it's pretty funny and it's entertaining. So South Shore Bar Pizza Guy, he has a name. I don't know it, uh, but we'll see if he actually falls through. So hopefully next week. I'll have an interview about social bar pizza that it's one of the hottest things going right now on the internet. If you're at all familiar with the social, I think I've talked about this, the social uh, bar pizza Facebook page, which is an abject disaster. I mean, it's a goddamn dumpster fire. I was in it for like two weeks. 
and I had to get out of it. One, because I fucking hate Facebook, and two, because the people that are in it are fucking just shit for the most part. Not all of them, but oh my god, it's awful. So Town Spot, it was fucking great. We enjoyed it. The next day, Saturday, was uh, my darling wife's birthday. She turned 29 years old, and um, we we went out to Brimfield for the uh, Antique Festival, which we have done uh, multiple times. It was hot as fuck. Not hot, but humid, um, and it was the full go. So when we were out there in May, it was just one field. It was disappointing. But this time, full show and, a, I mean, an absolute mob scene. Way too many fucking people. And the downside, you know, it was kind of, as I said, it was swampy and moist out. Oh, sorry about that. Swampy and moist. Uh, the ground was muddy in some spots. And they're basically old cow fields, so they stink. Anytime the mud gets kicked up, it just smells bad. I mean, you're in the middle of fucking nowhere. Brimfield, Massachusetts. Didn't really get much. Jen found a couple of things. Um, you know, the traffic getting out there was a little a little much. Traffic coming home was a little much. There's way, way too much fucking traffic right now. There's traffic fucking everywhere. Eastern Massachusetts, I mean, come on. If you're not from here, move. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> um, but yeah, I didn't really find much. In fact, I didn't buy anything until we were leaving. Um, this little sort of drink set in a mini golf bag. Kind of cool. So that night... Uh, we got together with with friends and went to Yamato and Brockton for hibachi. One of the things that we both missed dearly throughout the pandemic was proper hibachi. Sitting at the at the hibachi grill with the chef and all the the various tricks and funny shit and whatever, and the getting the sake spray in your face. Uh, I love it. And also, the food's not bad. The food is really good. You get the same quality of food each and every time. Like, you know what you're getting. It's not uh, it's not cheap. It's not super expensive. But you know what you're getting every time, and you're getting your money's worth. And to top it off, the chef will fucking spray your face with sake. I drank a lot of sake. A lot of sake. Which, you know, it's fine. But had a good time. So we have the full table, bunch of friends. Good time. And the last time we were at Hibachi was probably, yeah, it was. It was September 2019 for my buddy Jeff's birthday. And, um, you know, at the time the discussion was, well, do you want to go over to the Foxy Lady? Let's go to the strip club. Surprisingly, all the girls were in. Let's go to the strip club. So what happens when we were there the other day at Hibachi? Same thing. Hey, you want to go to the Foxy Lady? Sure. So up and up and go to, uh, it's no longer the Foxy Lady Brockton. It's now the Boardroom Cabaret, which is a god-awful name. 
but I guess free ad, Boardroom Cabaret, Brockton, Massachusetts. So, you know, the strip club is fine, okay? It's, it's not, it doesn't hold the same sort of excitement that it does years ago, like when you're in your early 20s and you're like, oh, shit, tits. You know, it doesn't hold the same cachet, if you will. Now it turns into, it turns into like a weird people watching thing that costs way too much fucking money. But the best part is when you see the strippers interacting with the girls, it's, it's funny as hell because they don't, they don't feel threatened and rightfully so they shouldn't, but I mean, they don't feel threatened when they're, when they're talking to them. Unless you're like a crazy ass fucking meth head, like there was one broad there. I don't know if she actually does meth or not, but she was a little wacky. A little wacky. And she got mad at the girls because they were talking to each other instead of staring at her vagina. But anyway, so the interactions are funny as hell. The the whole scene is it's it's way too much money for very little return. But you know, you're supporting a good cause, I suppose. <laughs> oh, man. So it was fun. It, all in all, it was an excellent Saturday, I must say. It was a nice little Saturday. Antique show, strip club. Who else can say that? You know, how many How many people... <laughs> how many people can say... To the hey, what'd you do this weekend? Well, oh man, went out to the uh, to the antique fair. It was nice, uh, and then after uh, we saw tits and ass. You're not going to get that kind of answer anywhere, folks. That's what complaints and observations brings to you. The hard work that I put in for con for shitty fucking content. Oh, God. <clears throat> but it was funny because at one point, uh, a couple of friends were like, all right, we have to leave. We've got to leave because we have to go pick up our kids. And the thought of like, shit, I have to leave the strip club to go pick up my kids is funny. And at one point, Matt uh, said to me, quote, with regards to uh, to one of the strippers, quote, I thought she sat on a piece of gum, end quote. <laughs> I know he stole that from somewhere. There's no way he came up with that on his own. If he did, kudos, Matt. Thank you. Because that was, that might be the funniest thing he's ever said. So much so I had to fucking open up my phone immediately and add it to the show notes. <clears throat> Sunday, I thought for sure I was going to be hungover. I wasn't. I wasn't. Jen wasn't. It was nice. Like, you know, uh, a fun night, no hangovers, sake, beers. I mean, what the fuck? But it felt like a million bucks. It was excellent. Ransom went to breakfast, ran some errands. On the way back, we stopped at the Blueberry Farm. Enhanced Mass, another free ad, The Blueberry Farm. You want to know why? To pick blueberries. That's fucking right. 
to pick blueberries. Again, the the ups and not ups and downs, but the the various sort of machinations of this weekend. Antiques, strippers, blueberry farm. Free ad, the blueberry farm, Hanson, Massachusetts. It's open for like a month every year. Super nice old couple that run the place. Got a bunch of blueberries. Most of them are gone. I'm probably going to have to go back this weekend to pick some more. Sniffles. <clears throat> but I asked the guy, like, hey, do you have, uh, do you sell, like, do you sell bushes? Do you sell starters? No, we've never planted a bush. These fucking blueberry bushes have been there for over 75 years. 75 years. We bought less than two pounds of blueberries. It was eight bucks. Like, fucking A. Good stuff. So, you know, then came home Sunday, did nothing. Did nothing for the rest of the day. There was a, a wrestling pay-per-view that night, but I couldn't fucking stay awake for that shit. I can't stay awake past 10.30 anymore. Terrible. John Cena came back. Like, that was the big shock of the night. John Cena. Huh? You're excited. Don't act, don't act like you're not. Don't try to be better than what you really are. You know you love John Cena and his jorts. All right, fine. If you don't, it's okay. But, yeah. All right, a bunch of uh, <clears throat> quick hits, per se. Just trying to clean up the old uh, notes app here, okay? Um, first of all, Ted Lasso. Season 2 starts on Friday. If you haven't seen Ted Lasso Season 1, do yourself a favor and watch it. It's a wonderful, wonderful show. And I do not hand out endorsements like that lightly. It's a fantastic program. Uh, there was an article, I think it was in GQ. It's a whole interview, actually, um, with Jason Sudeikis. And he, he, said, he just strikes me as a, as a really nice guy. And since that's come out, there's been a bunch of different stories that have been released about him being a nice guy. Including from a dude uh, who's like a movie reviewer. And I feel like a fucking asshole. One, because I didn't write down the guy's name. And two, I didn't put where he's from. I think he was from Uproar.com, I think. Not 100% sure. But, you know, basically he talks about how he, quote-unquote, you know, knew Sudeikis from a variety of different functions and interviews and things like that. And how uh, he had sent him an email after they had an interaction, it was like a, a week or two after. And the writer's uh, dad had passed away. And he was feeling kind of down. And <clears throat> uh, Sudeikis sent him a note basically telling him, you know, keep his chin up. You know, do you keep moving forward? You know, those kinds of cliched things. Very Ted Lasso-y. And it was nice. It was really nice because when you watch the show, you're like, there's no way on earth that anybody could be that positive and just that good because the character is a character. But then once you learn a little bit more about Jason Sudeikis, you realize, okay, wow, he might be uh, 
he's very, very similar to the guy that he's playing. So it was nice. Do yourself a favor. And again, if you haven't watched the show, watch it. Because it's nice. You, you can't say that about much of anything on television anymore. You just can't. So, <clears throat> and then do yourself a little bit of, of work and find these stories and these articles about Jason Sudeikis so that your faith in Hollywood actors and your faith in humanity can, can, can improve slightly, just slightly. You know? Um, <clears throat> Frankie Valley, a Frankie Valley in the four seasons, I think. I don't know. But Frankie Valley, he's fucking old. He's like 86, I think. The guy's still fucking touring and still performing. Whoops, sorry. At his age. I only know this because uh, driving on the way to Brimfield was an ad for Mohegan Sun. And uh, Mohegan Sun's hot summer fun. With one of the greatest uh, fucking taglines ever. Or, uh, no, he's 87. Fucking A, 87. Yeah, the four seasons. Okay, there you go. 87 years old. Fucking A. Yeah, hot summer fun at Mohegan Sun. Hot summer fun at Mohegan Sun. It's some kind of crazy cool hot. Yeah. Good stuff. Classic stuff. 87. Still touring, still performing. Fucking God bless you, buddy. Holy shit. When do you stop? I mean, is it a money thing for Frank? Who knows? Not sure. <clears throat> Had to bring my wife to the airport, um, to Logan Airport, the other day, Monday. Left the house around quarter to three, right? Had a, uh, a five o'clock tea time in Bridgewater. Standing tea time in Bridgewater, five o'clock every Monday. So I'm thinking, okay. Leave the house at quarter to, quarter of three. I figured a little bit of traffic, so I'm thinking I can get home by four thirty. Grab my shit, throw it in the car, off I go. Oh, God no! Terminal C is currently in upheaval, construction wise. And it's a fucking mess. And because of that, it's fucking up Terminal B. Because the traffic getting to Terminal C is backed up so that you can't really get into Terminal B without a little bit of a hiccup. And you really can't get out of Terminal B without a massive hiccup. Because that's stupid fucking setup. Swear to Christ, you know, they've waited so fucking long to... To try to, to modernize uh, the flow of that place, it'll never be, it'll it'll never ever be the way that it, that a major metropolitan city should have an airport. So, word of advice for however long this is going to take, don't don't drop anyone off at departures. Drop everybody off at arrivals because you'll miss all this shit. 
And it's it's just gross. So needless to say, missed the fucking tea time. I didn't get back to the house until fucking 20 past 5. Awful. I was having a discussion on Twitter the other day. Twitter, which, by the way, today. You make an off-color joke. Not even an off-color. Yeah, okay. You make an off-color joke on Twitter. People jump down your fucking throat. Too many white knights on Twitter. Can't take a fucking joke. Go to the Twitter page, at ComplaintsPod, and check it out. It was funny. It's a funny joke. But, man, oh, man. The number of people who just cannot fucking lighten up is something else. It's appalling. Twitter's a shit show. I love it, but it's a shit show. But anyways, having a conversation about uh, you know somebody had had, had said my buddy Corey from the uh, There You Go podcast put he put Fritos on a sandwich, some kind of sandwich. Couldn't remember what it was, but. Then I, I replied, hey, <clears throat> when I was in first grade, me and my buddy Mike put Fritos in a PB&J. It was life-changing. Life-changing. And we called it the Frito Gourmet. We were enlightened first graders. Very, very progressive, if you will. The Frito Gourmet. Standard, regular Fritos. Within the body of a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. Try it. You'll thank me. If Frito wasn't already a trademark, I would try to get the trademark for the Frito Gourmet. If I over open a restaurant, that's going to be on the kids' meal. The Frito Gourmet. <laughs> uh, finally... Uh, Daisuke Matsuyama. I'm probably saying his, his last name wrong because I just simply don't remember. It's been so long. Daisuke, Daisuke Matsuzaka. Matsuyama, you fucking... Oh, you're an idiot. Daisuke Matsuzaka. He just retired. He was playing ball in Japan. And he finally retired. 40. 40 years old. Crazy stuff, man. That guy, he was electric. Um, ended up not being as, as good, I guess, as, uh, he, he should have been, but, you know, he, he won a World Series game in, in 2007, so, it was interesting, but, eh, just retired, Daisuke Matsuzaka, not Matsuyama, not to confuse him with the pro golfer, golf, golfler? Wow. Oh, boy. All right, I got to take a break here. Uh, Break time. Don't go nowhere. As it is Thursday, it is time for three gripes. Gripe number one, the absurdly rich. Uh, This has been a gripe in the past. Uh, probably multiple times, but uh, you know what? What sort of sparked it this time was uh, the the current and ongoing space race amongst uh, these rich fucks. And again, <clears throat> something that I've talked about in the past. 
But I still don't fucking get it. Here's the thing, okay? I don't really... I'm not going to come out and say, oh, well, you should be solving world hunger, or you should be uh, using your money to fight climate change, or, you know, any of any anything like that. Like, these guys can do whatever the fuck they want with their money. Problem is, they don't fucking pay any taxes. Fucking Jeff Bezos has enough money to build a fucking cock rocket, shoot it into the fucking stratosphere for 11 minutes, and then parachute back down. It was something like $18 billion a minute it cost. Yet this fucker can't pay taxes? He's exploiting every loophole under the sun, and you know what? Again, it's it's not as it's not even as if they're doing anything wrong, per se. It's just horribly immoral. I should not be paying more taxes than Jeff fucking Bezos, Bezos, whatever the fuck his name is, because I can't go in my backyard and build a cock rocket and, and go up into fucking space, can I? No. Just pay your taxes. That's all. You're making a shit ton of money. You have money to spend. And what is going to happen is he's pumping the money into Blue Origin, the fucking stupid name of his company. He's going to write off losses because of, you know, probably testing and all this other bullshit. So, you know, he's, he's not going to pay any taxes on any of his assets. Uh, meanwhile, his wife is out here fucking giving away everything that she got from the divorce. It just kind of gives you a, a good idea of the difference between the sexes. Does it not? Does it not? It fucking does. Not to mention, Bezos got fucking beaten by Richard Branson. And then who the fuck knows what Elon Musk is going to do? He's already shot a car up into space. So, I mean, what's left for him to do besides go up there and with his weird named kid and stay there? Who knows? I don't know. It's just a very, uh, and then it's reported on as if people are supposed to give a fuck, you know, private space travel. All it is is a means to, uh, for Amazon to expand into space and, uh, you know, pay people to work in space and, uh, have to fucking piss in buckets in space. That's all. I mean, what's the end game here? And then he comes out and says that heavy industry and pull in pollutable industry should be moved into space. Well, of course, Jeff. Sure thing. Got it. Sounds good. Let's all get on it right away so that fucking Amazon Blue Origin can make more money that you won't pay taxes on. Fine. Whatever. But, you know, there is no need to fucking report on this shit. Why should I fucking care? Why should anybody fucking care? None of us None of us fucking plebes are ever going to go into space for fun. Never. It's never going to happen. So stop. Like, stop glorifying these super rich fucking weird fun, like fucking idiots. This, it, it, it's, a, it's, one, it's, a, it's another thing that blows my fucking mind. I just don't get it. I don't get it. Why Why do we have to glorify these people? They're not doing anything to enrich our lives and to make our lives any better. You think, you know, free shipping is, is a 
like a, a godsend? No, it's not. You know, it. I can wait a couple days for, for for shit that I order online. It's fine. It's okay. And again, I don't even begrudge them for making money. I really don't. I begrudge them for being fucking weird people. It's not necessary. Stop. Relax. Gripe number two. Tom Brady and his fucking knee. This fucking guy, okay... I don't know how many times I have to say this, but thank you for your 20 years here. Thank you for being the best quarterback ever. Thank you for being a New England Patriot. Love you. Mean it. But please, enough. Shut the fuck up. And now this thing with his knee, where he says that he had a torn MCL the entire season. There's a ton of bullshit involved there. Number one, no, you didn't. No, you didn't. Number two, if you did, the team should be punished heavily for not putting you on the injured list, which they're required to do. Uh, and then number three, anybody with a fucking brain can see what's going on here. This is a ploy, a marketing ploy for TB12. And again, don't begrudge you for it. I just don't want people to think that you actually played with a torn MCL for fucking 20 weeks because you didn't. But it's it's that's going to be a thing and it might take a little while. It'll you know, let it play out. I would say in a couple of years, maybe maybe by the time he's retired, it'll be part of a, a marketing plan for TB12. Well, Tom Brady, Super Bowl champion. Played the entire 2020 season with a torn MCL, thanks to pliability and fucking vitamin D and whatever we're selling in this bottle from TB12 Sports. That's what's coming. That's the kind of shit you're going to hear. It just, and everything that comes out of his mouth, and he's admitted it. That 90% of the things that he says is not true. The man has admitted it. He has said it himself. This whole thing that I talked about before about how he, uh, you know, there was a team that uh, was going to sign him before the Bucks, and then they didn't. And then Brady's thing was, oh, you're going to go with that fucking guy? There was no fucking team. Didn't exist. Didn't happen. He made shit up. Strictly to motivate himself. He basically said that in an interview with good old Jim Gray yesterday. Where he says it's personal. It's something I keep internal for self-motivation. All right. Great. Good. Grand. I can see why people didn't fucking like him for 20 years. And again, uh, this is the part that bothers me is that I don't have like the biggest problem with it. But I do. You know, it's a real fucking bad, sort of strange conundrum that I'm in here. Because I don't, I don't, I can't begrudge the man for, uh, for building his business. I don't begrudge him for, um, for his motivational tactics. It works. The guy's won seven fucking Super Bowls. 
But, I mean, last year, eh, a bit of an asterisk on that Super Bowl. COVID years don't count, sorry. Just like the fucking Tampa Bay Lightning. COVID, COVID years? Eh, sorry, asterisk. Doesn't, doesn't count. Hate to break it to you, but what can you do? Gripe number three. And this is something that really fucking frosts my balls. Treating restaurant employees like shit. This is a new thing. That's an old thing. But it's just getting worse. You're reading about this constantly. The number of restaurants across the country that are having issues because people just love to fucking shit on restaurant employees. I don't fucking understand why you would fuck with somebody who is serving you food. We've all heard the the whole, well, you know, is there fucking spit in there? Do people spit in the food? It's going to take more than that to get people to wake the fuck up. We need, it's almost as if we need a, a restaurant martyr who's willing to fucking put rat poison in a, in a fucking burger and put a dude in the hospital because he was a fucking piece of shit to him. Not that I want that to happen. Do not take that literal. It's a joke. But you get my point, okay? Um, way too many fucking stories about these restaurants, you know, having to close uh, for a day because people are being shitty to them. Um, it, it's one of these things that is so. Uh, I don't. I don't even know how to put it. Like if the kind of person that would you know consciously treat an hourly employee anywhere whether it's a restaurant a retail establishment anywhere to to treat somebody that's doing that fucking job and to treat them like shit just proves that you are the worst kind of fucking human being the absolute fucking worst there is nothing bad enough that can happen to the kind of person that fucking demeans a waitress, a, a, a wait staff, whatever, that causes that restaurant to fucking close the next day. Not enough bad things can happen to those kinds of people. And I mean that with the fucking fire of a thousand suns. That's all for the show this week. Thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you for listening. It's greatly appreciated. I thought that this was a good episode. I mean that. I am sincere in that thought. Um, again, 617-657-4736. 617-65-RIP-EM. Call in. Leave a voicemail. I say this, I only have four fucking listeners, so what's it matter? But still, would love to hear from you. If you have a bad movie you want to share, love to hear from you. If you have a response to uh, to the next question, love to hear that too. If you want to call in and tell me that my show sucks, I'd love to hear that. It wouldn't be news, but still, I'd love to hear it. Um, I have an Instagram page at complaints pod. 
also have a Twitter page at ComplaintsPod. I have a Facebook page, but fuck Facebook. I have a YouTube page that I don't really use. I also have a website, ComplaintsAndObservations.com, where I do have a couple of recent blog posts. I implore you to check those out. They're not terrible. And um, I would like to share my writing. So thank you very much. Check it out. Um, What else? Who are the free ads this week? Uh, the Blueberry Farm, Hanson, Massachusetts. Check them out. Uh, there are some others. Oh, Yamato and Brockton, the hibachi joint. Um, the Boardroom Cabaret. If you're so inclined, check them out. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> South Shore Bar Pizza, SS Bar Pizza on Instagram. Hopefully we can get that guy on next week. It is scheduled. Fingers crossed. Let's see if it happens. Um, but yeah, that's it. Thank you as always. It is greatly appreciated. Uh, take care of yourself. Please take care of each other. Godspeed. Ta-ta.